those that swim are hungry. They're curious. Uh, they ask a lot of questions. They want to go above and beyond. They want to meet new people. They want to continue on with their journey, whether it's still in that same role or if it's beyond. Those that want to improve and do well at the company will swim. Joining us today is Kelsey McGinnis, Class of 2015, Nike Category Coordinator. On today's episode, we will be unpacking the art of networking and Nike. Stay tuned to learn about Kelsey's journey to the world headquarters months after graduation, tips on networking, and how to hold your ground in a sink or swim culture. I'm your host, Sydney Herr, and you're listening to Careers in Marketing, a podcast presented by Gonzaga University. Let's start at the very beginning. I like to groundwork these kind of conversations by asking kind of how you got your start in the industry. So I want to talk about how you found marketing, your role within it, and kind of what made your way into the industry. But obviously, before we dive into that, I kind of want to know a little bit about yourself so our listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit better. So if you can just kind of explain where you're from, some hobbies, fun stuff like that, let us know who you are. Yeah. Um, I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Um, went to Central Catholic High School. Go Rams. Um, I know there's a lot of Zags that come from Central, so yeah. it's always exciting. Um, grew up playing tennis and volleyball, and I still play tennis fairly regularly and competitively, which uh, just it's like a healthy way to mm-hmm. exert that competitive energy. <laughs> And uh, I also like to coach. Um, the last two years, I've been coaching middle school volleyball, which has been a blast. Besides, Sports that, and athletics hold an important role in Kelsey's life, a passion that eventually blended seamlessly into her career at Nike. Her interest in business, however, was fostered later during her time at Gonzaga. So did you know that you wanted to go into business marketing coming into GU? I knew I wanted to go into the business school. Mm-hmm. Um, marketing wasn't exactly, I'm, I don't want to say it's, a, was it my first choice? It definitely was was what interested the, to me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I am good at math, but I didn't want to make numbers my profession, uh-huh. like <laughs> my entire career. So accounting and finance was kind of out of the question. I kind of did a little bit. It was a little bit more like, um, you know, cancel things out. And then marketing was what was left. And then there's also something just really important, I feel like, about having kind of the art and science piece. So I was able to flex up on some creativity and also flex up on analytics as needed. Mm, so, so kind of finding that balance for sure. Yeah, no, that's cool because I feel like there's always like this divide within marketing of like the analytical side and like the creative side. Would you say you're kind of like a hybrid of both then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay. I I strive to be. And, you know, marketing overall has such a wide variety mm-hmm. of positions and titles and responsibilities that – um, once I was able to hone in more on that creative side, like I know I can always improve on that analytical side, mm-hmm. um, because you can't really run a business or know a business without both sides. Mm-hmm. You can't improve a business without knowing the, the past, knowing the numbers, but you also can't push something forward without having some correct kind of creativity, mm-hmm. um, to like innovate, to, to push the needle a little bit. So I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. We're going to talk about junior year, Kelsey, if you even remember (laughs) anything. 
Um, so at this point, you're studying I, abroad. I thrived in my junior year, <laughs> I just have to say. I would do junior year over again. Really? Again. So you were yes. in Florence at the time, right? And you were there for yes. a year, which is pretty unique. Yeah, there yeah. were 20 of us that 20, were there for okay. the full year, which I think was the smallest that they had had. And I think it honestly has gotten smaller, which is personally crazy to me. But I also understand being in Spokane is also super fun. Uh-huh. Um, I really actually did think like coming into senior year back in Spokane, I was like, I feel like I should have one more year here. Yeah. But I would not have taken my experience in Florence away at all. And something that you can do for the year that uh-huh. I don't know was really impactful for me was balancing traveling and experiencing the world or experiencing Europe, but becoming a resident in the city that I was living in. Mm-hmm. Just actually living in Florence and getting to know shopkeepers or people that worked at restaurants, like going to the grocery store. One of my like main goals, and this is so weird, but I missed like cracking jokes with people at line in the grocery stores or like (laughs) to the grocery store, like clerk. Uh And so by the end of my time there, like I had become fluent enough in Italian where I actually was starting to converse with the people at the grocery store Uh and the person in line. And that was a big deal for me, but I, it made me feel more like a resident than a visitor. You're like a local. Wow. That's so cool. Exactly. (laughs) As Kelsey explored the streets of Florence, she still had the weight of internships and job applications to complete for the following summer. Similar to her adventurous spirit, exploring every corner of Europe from train to train, Kelsey had a range of interests for her future. So junior year at that time, you're studying abroad, but were you kind of thinking about what you wanted to do in the future? And like, did you kind of know what you wanted to do at this point? Or were you kind of just totally focused on having like the time of your life in Florence? No, it was definitely something that I was aware of. And I knew that the summer after your junior year was a huge year for internships. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was one thing that I felt like I was, you know, a little bit... um, out of the loop in just mm-hmm. because of it, it was really hard to network. It's really hard to communicate with an eight to nine hour time difference. And you are, you know, obviously trying to enjoy yourself while you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had already had two internship summers under my belt with this agency. It was an event experiential marketing agency And I was going to continue with them um, that summer, but I knew I kind of wanted a little bit more experience elsewhere. So I was looking, but nothing really um, clicked. And then I ended up doing two like non-paid internships that I could just do remotely from home, Mm -hmm. um, which was great experience. It, it, It wasn't anything that completely changed my life so then um were there certain things that you you would say you were able to take away from those internships into your current position at nike in in those two smaller organizations that i interned for Mm -hmm. not as much um definitely in the event marketing internship that i had had and i had done that every summer while I was in college, which was great because I was able to build relationships. I came back to annual events that they had had and actually made relationships with some of the other people that were either attending the events or were helping to run the event. Um, I mean, a lot of it was just teamwork, collaboration, um, 
effective communication Mm -hmm. just with so many different things going on. Event is events are just like an absolute mess. If whether or not it goes well, it's a mess while it's happening. Uh (laughs) That's because there's one of the greatest takeaways from her internships was a lesson that could only be taught through experience working under stress while trying to support a team. Kelsey said that despite the internship being six years ago, it provided her with a detailed story for a recent interview asking her how she dealt with high-stress situations pre-exposure to the fast-paced environment at Nike. So I know a lot of our listeners are going to be super curious on like how you got your in, and I know your story is very unique, and I want to touch on that. So can you kind of explain what went down? Like, how did you get this opportunity? Yeah, so... Um... It, well, I had graduated in May of 2015, and like I said, had not really wanted to move back to Portland, had been applying and interviewing for jobs outside of Portland, hadn't landed a job, moved back home, and just started networking, um, focused on Nike, Adidas, um, different agencies in the area based on the experiences that I had had. Um, and it wasn't until I was actually at a wedding for a family friend who also is a fellow Zag, mm-hmm. um, where I ran into someone and his team was hiring and he connected me with the hiring manager and thought it would be a good fit. So I had a phone call with the hiring manager that led to a, um, in-person interview. They walked me through the, the space, the team, the work and then had one more final closing phone call uh, with them before I was offered the job, which was amazing. Like that honestly never happens that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's typically uh, a process that is a lot longer than that. Um, And I know people that have worked for years networking, trying to find the right role, trying to get in contact with the right people to find that job that finally clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so super, super grateful that um, I was connected with uh, this this one first role. Yeah, no, even, that's so even cool. Even if it was contracted. Uh-huh. So then that leads me into, so I'm touching contracting. You were kind of talking yeah. about in our intro call that you were brought on as a social media specialist under like ETW. Can you kind of explain what that is and kind of how Nike does their like, um, like the, you said, like white badge and then black badge, the whole contracting situation. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, we have FTE, which is black badge and that FTE is a full-time employee. Mm-hmm. And then Nike also employs through a flex program, ETWs, which are white badges. Um, and ETW is external temporary worker. Mm -hmm. So typically ETWs are contracted, um, to work for a specific team in a specific role for like 12 to 15 months. Um, it's kind of a trial run depending on the team that you're on. Um, and if they have headcount to, to then, um, turn that, the contracted role into a full-time role. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's how a lot of people that I know get into the company in any way, shape, or form. It gives you the opportunity to get on campus. Um, You are working day-to-day. You're understanding the inner workings of the company, the different matrixes of it. Um, So that's, that's, I actually had two different roles as a contacted um, employee for almost two years before 
I came on full time without a contract, which was a huge relief because sometimes not knowing if you're going to have a job in yeah, no, three months uh, is a little stressful. <laughs> so then is your, your position right now as a category coordinator is your uncontract, your FTE? And FTE, patch? yes, Ooh, okay. full time. That's cool. Woohoo. <laughs> so then can you kind of describe to our listeners what you do now as a category coordinator? Yeah, so I am on the product creation team at Nike for footwear. Um, I'm specifically on the Nike Kids performance team. So my team specifically works on performance running and performance basketball product. And I specifically um, am on the product management team. So I like to describe the product management team as the consumer experts. So we do a lot of consumer insights, specifically with the kids and parents, um, the crazy good runners and basketball players, and also the regular kids that just like to run around on a playground. <laughs> and we also um, build the strategy uh, for the product creation team. So we build the line, know what shoes are going to come in, what shoes may drop out of the line for what's going to be offered um, downstream into the market. Um, So we then work with the designers and the developers who work with the factories to help build and create the shoes that will then be manufactured. Cool. So you've been at Nike for about four years Mm-hmm. Yes, four years in August. Ooh, okay, congratulations. What you so is much. keeping you at Nike? Is it like the culture, the people? Yeah. Um, honestly, the environment, the culture is amazing. I was just talking with a coworker today. We had walked to one of the coffee shops that's in another building because we have like 7,000 plus employees that work in the main campus, which is kind of insane to wrap your head around. So we have several different buildings um, that hold all kinds of different teams. But anyway, we were walking and through this bark chipped path through the leaves that were changing. We're like along this lake and we're like, this is not the worst place to work. And she was like, I think this is better than 98% of the places that our friends work. (laughs) So just in terms of like visual environment, it's Uh, amazing. mm -hmm. The people are, especially that I work with are super passionate about Mm -hmm. what they do Mm -hmm. and why, and especially for the consumer. Um, So that's always uh, a great way to stick around. And, um, you know, you want those people to be surrounded by that, share that kind of um, passion and excitement as you. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just a fun place to be. And I think that, they're moving the needle, not just in product, but kind of in culture for the rest of the world and um, and standing for things that I think a lot of us believe in. So I think that that's important, especially now um, we see the impact that um, companies can make to make the world a better place. Um, and yes, it's still a corporation, but... Um, I think to help push the rest of humanity is something that's important to, to do. So mm-hmm. proud, proud to, proud to work for here for the Nike. Yeah. In comparing Nike's culture to campus life at GU, Kelsey explained that herself and other Zag alumni have found opportunities to nurture supportive and welcoming values within a competitive, fast-paced culture. Nike's culture is a little bit more of a work in progress, I think, uh-huh. than Gonzaga's is. Yeah. Um, 
Gonzaga's culture and community is something that I I actually work with a couple fellow Zags within the Nike Kids team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we all try and push that same kind of enthusiasm and openness um, that we experienced and learned at Gonzaga um, for here. And I think that Nike's seen that um, there's definitely some areas of opportunity to become more inclusive and transparent and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that you kind of are the culture or you can create the culture, um, that surrounds you. So just by being a, an upstanding citizen that treats people with respect and kindness is kind of can push the rest of the, um, the people that you work with and the culture of the company that you're in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to move into like the meat of the podcast. This is kind of what okay. I feel like all our listeners are really eager to know, especially as seniors. So we're going to talk <laughs> about advice for seniors who are seriously interested in a career at Nike. Um, I kind of want to answer the big how question and obviously we don't have all the answers. Um, right. But it's no secret that Nike does a lot of their hiring in-house. And actually, I heard that like 70% of hires in general, not even at Nike, are internal, which is not surprising. Um, right. So I kind of want to dive in to how students can really get their foot into the door. Obviously, there's no black and white answer, but I kind of want to know, like, what should students be working on? Is it more of like a networking approach? Should we just be like applying? Like, what kind of approach should students be taking? Yeah, I- for Nike, it's definitely an emphasis on networking. Um, networking, the dreaded topic most Zags don't want to talk about. Luckily, Kelsey explained networking isn't just about cold calling and reaching out to strangers. Sometimes it's a genuine, fulfilling connection on a specific issue that catapults you right into your career. It's definitely about the people that you meet, the people that you learn from. There are so many different opportunities and functions and categories there's so many different jobs at Nike. I have, I still am learning about new positions like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so meeting with people is really what helps to shape kind of finding that right spot for you. Um, and that's not just sitting down and talking about your experiences with someone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's coming with an agenda or having some kind of, not an agenda as in like, I'm coming because I want you to do something for me agenda. It's like, hey, I noticed that you have these experiences. I really want to learn more about that. Can you please share? Instead of reaching out to someone and saying, hey, I just want to pick your brain, Uh blah, 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 and having it super Mm -hmm. open-ended. It's really important to kind of come in and have some kind of specific talking point, whether it's, hey, I got your name from so-and-so. Um, they really helped me with my resume or they really helped me with my visual one pager on my experiences and said that you would be a great person to reach out to, to also receive some feedback, Mm -hmm. um, meeting with them and, and actually having those conversations through that lens will then allow them because then you're, you are, you know, talking to them about you and your experiences and your passions, Mm -hmm. but they're also, and you can ask them questions, but they're also learning a bit more about you through a different lens, mm-hmm. um, through a little bit more like a tactile lens, mm-hmm. which then helps in, in everyone else's mind be like, oh, this is what they like. They should talk to so-and-so because I know they work in engineering or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so 
knowing, being able to kind of create those paths um, for people just by talking to them, Mm -hmm. um, I think is what's really helpful when trying to nail down what you want to do at Nike, especially Mm -hmm. um, just because there's so many options. Kelsey acknowledged that while no one really enjoys networking, there are three techniques she likes to use. First, enter the conversation with specific topics in mind that focus the conversation on meaningful information unique to you. Second, it could be helpful to bring along a visual document with images that symbolize meaning in your life and career goals. And lastly, it's all about being truly authentic. Authenticity can really go a long ways, not only in networking, but also in life. And the other thing um, that I've always really recommended to people and I try and do myself is if you feel like you're really um, kind of like vibing with someone or you feel like the conversation's going really well, ask them if they have like two or three other people that they would recommend reaching out to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's in a different area. Maybe it's to dive a little bit deeper on one of the questions that you had, or maybe it's a hiring manager. Um, like you never really know who knows what sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, so always doing that at the end and then continuing on the conversation, you know, every couple months or so is only, only really if you feel it's appropriate Mm -hmm. or you had that connection with someone because you do want to be authentic with it. You don't want it to feel like robotic by any means, Mm -hmm. um, or forced, you want it to feel like it's you're building relationships and you're it's not just a take, take, take kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can also be like, hey, this is really – whatever project you just said that you were doing, that's really interested, interesting to me. If there's anything that I can help with with that, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was telling someone the other day that I was working on a project and I was going to go and talk to – um, go and interview some girls and she, she was just like, Hey, I'm happy to do the camera work for you. Like literally just hold an iPhone if I can take along. Um, just something very simple like that mm-hmm. where you can also offer something to them. Mm-hmm. I think, um, one sets you apart and two, um, you know, it, it allows them to see some uh, like additional benefit from yeah. meeting with you. Uh-huh. I like that. No, that's, that's true. Very true. Um, yeah. So then in terms of students who are seriously interested in a career, do you have any advice to students who are applying or those who actually got an interview? Like how do they kill their interview? That's always like the question of the, of the year, right? Of yeah. the moment is how do you kill an interview? Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly have kind of, I'm still trying to find the balance, but I'm finding more of a balance of totally preparing Uh, And practicing and knowing the question to every or the answer to every question and kind of going through it um, like a little bit more organically. Um, I trust my experience that I have. I know that I can speak to it um, because I think that there's some point where they also want to see the human side of you. Mm-hmm. It's great to know what you've done and what you can do, but teams are really focused on how you will get along with the rest of your team. 
um, and kind of like personality types, how, how you would best fit with your team. So showing them a little bit more of your personality and your experiences. I always include something personal about me. Like, Hey, before I really dive into my resume, like here's some big priorities in my life outside of work, family, friends, food, tennis, volleyball, whatever it is, like just to level set of like, here are the other things that are important to me outside of work. Just so you, you kind of know a little bit more about me as a person. And here's also what I've done and what I can provide for you in the business. I feel like it's also kind of like an art and science thing. Like the art is a little bit more of like your personal side and the science is kind of like more of your professional experience. Mm, I like that. That's a good comparison. (laughs) Kelsey explained that both personality and ability will be a natural pick if it's meant to be. So it's important to showcase both your interests and past work experience because they come as a package when you join the team. I want to go into women in the workforce. Uh, this is might be a little bit of a kind of daunting topic, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll just get right through it. What? <laughs> I know nothing about what you're talking about. <laughs> so sport, Nike is a sport company, and sport companies yes. are obviously, I would say that it's pretty factual to say that they're male-dominated. Um, sure. And in this male-dominated community, how, like as a female and as a woman, how can we thrive in that kind of community? Whether it be at Nike or just like in the workforce in general, um, how can us women thrive in a workforce? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had an interesting conversation about this, something similar um, with our VP today. And I think it mostly comes down to authenticity. Like, I'm probably harping, going to harp on this a ton, but being yourself and being authentic to what you believe in and who you are um, is incredibly important and people can totally see through when you're trying too hard or you're not being yourself um, or you're not comfortable. Um, so I think being authentic is something that we as women can do. And I think that also shows strength and confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we show strength and confidence, we can do anything and more than a man can do. And especially in like a yes. sport culture, like, <laughs> yeah, I may not know how to do like, uh, I don't know, a three point shot. I've been practicing my Euro step. I don't uh-huh. really, I still don't really know what that means, but <laughs> it gets some good laughs in the office when I attempt that. Um, but it's still like, it, it still feels authentic to me when I'm like trying, I'm paying attention to sports. I want to have the conversation. I want to be in on it. Um, it doesn't seem forced because there's also like that goofy side of me that can also like play around and joke. And like currently I'm on a team of five and I'm the only girl. Um, and yes, there are the times that I do feel like I am left out mostly when they go on runs together, which is something that sounds really horrible to me anyway, because (laughs) we all run really fast and I'm not much of a runner myself. But, um, I think just like, just being yourself and other people see that and working hard. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's hard for me to, to say that there's any negative that comes from that. As we learned by now, authenticity is also important to live out in a competitive and dynamic culture such as Nike. It might be easy to lose yourself when pressure builds to a sink or swim culture in the office, but if you want to swim, make sure you embrace your curiosity. So Nike 
I don't know if it's like total, like everyone knows this, but there's not a whole lot of training that anyone really provides. Um, so when I say sink or, sink or swim, it's kind of, here's your desk. Here's some important things that you should know. Maybe a couple of people that you should reach out to. Cool. Have fun. Thanks for much, so much. Congratulations on the new job. Mm-hmm. So you definitely have to be resourceful and um, kind of look out for the answers yourself. Um, obviously, finding those people that are that are trustworthy and that you know know the role or at least know um, something about the, the job that you're doing is super helpful. And I think just being curious and adaptable. Um, I think those that sink are either they get too um, bogged down or they get, there are some people that get discouraged and then kind of either stop looking for those opportunities or um, just kind of continue to do the day-to-day without showing up for for more. Um, Those that swim are hungry, they're curious, uh, they ask a lot of questions. They want to go above and beyond. They want to meet new people. They want to continue on with their journey, whether it's still in that same role or if it's beyond. Um, and I think it's really apparent that I mean, Nike, yes, Nike is as a sport brand. And uh, most of the people that will work here will have played sports in their life. And there's a lot of competition. So those that perhaps are not super competitive, either you will see the competitive side of them through work um, or they'll sink Mm. is kind of my interpretation of it. Those that are hungry, those that want to learn, those that want to improve and do well at the company will swim. I want to end this podcast with your best piece of advice, whether it be Gonzaga or Nike focused or just career and life related. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to totally put you on the spot, but if you had one piece of advice to give a Gonzaga senior, what would it be? Well, I already said be authentic, uh-huh. but that would kind of be my one piece of advice. Um, that's kind of like an overarching life piece of advice mm-hmm. that I would give to anyone. Um, if we wanted to dive into more of a career advice, I would say uh, look for the job that look for the skills that you want and not the title. Like go for the skills that you want to uh, gain and the skills that you can provide versus the title that you think sounds the best. And there you have it. That was Kelsey McGinnis. Kelsey touched on so many good points regarding networking and being authentically yourself. As someone I truly look up to, there's certainly a lot to learn from her openness to all people and forces in life. We hope that this episode brought students who are interested in pursuing a career at Nike some clarity on how to approach the next steps in life or just some general clarification on what networking can and should be. I want to take the time to thank Kelsey for all of her advice and wisdom. Thank you so much for coming on to today's podcast with us, Kelsey. We really appreciate it. Today's episode episode was edited and produced by Jackie Lazar, music courtesy of Music Box Licensing, and make sure to download other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Sydney Herr, and this was Careers in Marketing, a podcast presented by Gonzaga University.